All right, back here on Sports 1140 KHDK. We're at Golden One Center. Tonight is the Kings and the Philadelphia 76ers. Philly, uh, no Joel Embiid tonight. Uh, certainly Ben Simmons is still out. Tobias Harris, we'll wait and see if he gives it a go. Danny Green, believed to be out as well. So uh, you got a lot of guys um, out for Philly that has slid to 9-8 and eight, while the Kings have really fallen here at 6-11. and 11. We've talked a lot about uh, the decision to move on from Luke Walton to now go to uh, Alvin Gentry, who will begin his run as head coach of the Kings. So his first opportunity is tonight. And, you know, the other part I, I, I wondered about this now that this is all, um, I mean, it's it's been done. It's it, The news is still relatively fresh, a little over 24 hours. You know, the news cycle goes pretty quickly. But um, the players, I think some of this is done. Even the, Again, I'm trying to read into the uh, the answers and the why and Monty clearly stating that he feels like there's more to this team, that they should be better than even when they were 5-4, and four, he wanted more than what he saw there. And certainly than this last stretch, which has been awful, at 1-7. and seven. So what do the players feel like? And not in the, hey, um, we get it's a business, um, because let's remember by all accounts and all reports and everything that we have heard and the players have said, they really, really, really like Luke Walton, or did, right? And I'm saying they don't anymore, but they liked him. So if this is the way you're playing for someone that you like, that's concerning. And you don't have to like your coach or love your coach. I think it's pretty good if you do. But do they feel like they have any responsibility in this? Because in my opinion, they do. Of course they do. They're the ones playing. They're quick to point out that Coach Walton didn't miss this free throw or didn't miss box out or had 20 turnovers. They're right. Uh, you know, when people want to point the blame game, that's where we are. The coach is always the fall guy. So the quick result, the, the change is to change the coach. Well, the players are still here. So the players that didn't rebound, are they going to rebound? The players that were making the same mistakes, are they going to fix that? Um, there will be some changes. You know there will. There's just going to be some but if you think about it, all the way back to Dave Yeager, his final year, Bagley, Buddy, Fox, and Barnes were here. The thought process then was that the, the kind of the young core group didn't really like Dave Yeager. Not, not the most likable coach. Got some decent results. Let's not kid ourselves. This team hasn't been great for a long time. But the last year won 39 games. The problem was that year they were ninth. And if there was a play-in game, they would have been in. But they were actually far away from making the playoffs that year. So that group allegedly didn't really love Coach Yeager. Okay? You make a change for a more likable coach. So the first year that Walton's here, Holmes was now here with that Bagley, Barnes, Buddy, and Fox group. The second year, last year, uh, Metu, Terrence Davis, Harkless added. Does that group, the totality of it all, at this point, feel any responsibility in this? I mean, like, really feel. Like, you know, we air the post-game interviews, and I see a lot of that stuff on Zoom. Um, Friday night was as bad of a performance as we've seen in a long time by this team, and that press conference that night by De'Aaron Fox was a complete turnoff to me because it looked like it didn't phase him. It looks like... Again, I'm only going on appearance. It's all I can do and what he said. 
it looks like it's not bothering him to lose. That's a terrible spot to be in. You, To me, you've got to hate losing almost more so than you enjoy winning. Like the fear factor. You don't want to play scared, but know what it feels like to lose and how much you hate it so that you can avoid it. And find the, what are the little things. What What is it tonight? And it's not going to be the same thing every night. What is it tonight as a player that you can make a difference on to make yourself win? Same the coaches have to think that. They're looking for an angle. What's our matchup that better fits us? What, what are we going to be exposed to today that we can kind of fix? And just watching De'Aaron the other day in the past couple games when people are, media are peppering him with questions about this slide and the struggle and even his individual struggles, it just... Yeah, you know, no pressure. You know, we're not in the playoffs or anything. Well, one, you've never been there. The team hasn't been there in so long. But I just don't think that cavalier of an approach and attitude can um, is the way to get out. And also, the letdown of Friday, if we're going back to just the way the team is playing Friday, there probably was one of the most passionate speeches we had seen from a Kings player in a long time. And I loved it. And I told you about that last week. There's more to like than, than not. I said, you know, Tristan... I don't think needs, Tristan Thompson I'm speaking of, need all this um, extra push, extra whatever, extra motivation. Maybe some of the other players did, but he gives a great speech. And the Friday game against Toronto, for about six minutes of the game, you could just see the Kings in the passing lane, being aggressive, getting out. You're like, okay, this is exactly what you do. This is it. You can see it. And then Toronto punched back, and the Kings wilted and just went away. And they lost by, they were down by 30 by 30 to the Raptors and even saying, Hey, it's a game of runs. Like if you're, you're trying to give the Kings all the benefit of the doubt, I remember halftime they're down by 18. I'm thinking this is awful, but look, it's the NBA. Let's take the first three minutes of the third quarter. Maybe coach goes in there and throws stuff around. Who knows? Maybe a player's moving furniture. Maybe there's some just brutal halftime speech, whatever it is or nothing. Doesn't even matter what the point is. Hey, the first three minutes, maybe this game's going closer to 10 points than over 20. Instead, after a brutal half, you're booed by your fans. You have one of your team leaders calling you all out the day before. And I think it was the first eight or nine points were scored by Toronto. It was over. It was over. And so the Raptors, again, not you're not saying, well, you ran into a great team. They're fine. They're okay. They played well. You helped them play well. But the Kings were embarrassed. Saturday was, or Friday was so bad. So then you come back to Saturday. And Utah, who they have matched up with uh, well with, and played well this year. I think they've done a good job. They were in the game for longer stretches, doing what uh, you would want them to do, scored a little bit better, and it was a four-point game entering the fourth quarter. So, again, I think nine times out of ten you play the Jazz, the Jazz are going to beat you. They're more disciplined. They played together. They're just better. They're better than you. But you can beat them if, you, if, if things are going your way. And then the first time, the first real sign that the things weren't going their way, there they go again, and they wilted, and they just went away. And the Jazz ended up winning the game comfortably. So I think when you do the totality of everything, and you say losing to the Jazz at home, eh, that's expected. It's not that big of a deal. But it's at the end of the two games in back-to-back where you lost by, were down by 30 to the Raptors, a road trip where you thought at minimum you're getting two, you wanted to get three, but whatever, even if you got two on that trip. But it's context. They played poorly in a lot of those games. Um, and if the peak of this season was the Friday night at home when they beat uh, beat Charlotte and 
hit a franchise record, what, 22 threes, scored 140, ran the Hornets out of this gym to get to 5-4, and four. then it's just been completely fallen apart since then. One win since then at Detroit. They did play well there, but it's Detroit. And everything else, there's been too many blowouts, too many times where it looked like they weren't playing together. They certainly weren't having fun. Um, and my other point to start the show, too, is it just felt like they're searching, changing starting lineups, changing personnel groupings all the time. If I had any suggestion to Coach Gentry and the staff, pick your strength, it's your offense, lock in on a lineup, and let it go. Trusted roles, defined. Nobody likes to hear they're not playing, but if you communicate clearly with people and say, look, I need you to be ready, but I'm starting this player, and then the second one that's coming in is this, your third, so you're not likely going to play tonight or maybe for a week or whatever our rotation is, but be ready because a positive COVID test, an injury, a slump, whatever it might be, you're a part of this team. You need to be ready. But I think those roles have to be defined, and I don't think you need to change as much with your opponent. I think find your strength. Let them change to you if anybody's changing. You know, maybe the subtleties of a bench player. Like, I liked the way they were using Thompson and Len early on. If you're, If Embiid, for example, was playing tonight, this would definitely be an Alex Len game. Well, he's not. But identifying a couple of things like that. Otherwise, play eight or nine guys, the guys you can count on, the guys that you're comfortable with, and ride with them. And then it also gives the front office the the clarity that this is the group that is good enough or this is the group that's not good enough. This is where we need help. This is what we're going to build upon. Instead, right now, it's it felt like they'd chosen a direction, and now you've already changed coaches to what? What's the As Monty said, this isn't Kings basketball. What is? What is Kings basketball? They need it to find. They need to find it and then build all around that. It just hasn't been crystallized, at least in my opinion. All right, we will take the break. More to get to. We still got to get to the weekend in the NFL as well. But we're back. More talk about the Kings, more about the Kings and Sixers and the coaching change as we continue here on Sports 1140 KHDK. Get lucky. We're up all night to get lucky. We're up all night to get lucky. We're up all night to get lucky. Back here at Golden One Center tonight, Kings basketball here on KHK. Remember, we'll have game night at 5.30. Scott Marsh, the high flyer, Henry Turner, will have that. Dave Deuce Mason is going to join me at 5. We'll get Deuce's perspective, too, on uh, on the dramatic events, really. And uh, we both and all of us out there have seen a lot of coaching changes here in Sacramento. Far too many. Yet another one uh, for the Kings. I think this is number 11 since Rick Adelman. Man. That's changing a lot of different times, and that thinking you have the next guy, the next person, the next one in line, the right choice, the right voice. Um, I always root for the coach. I want it to work because I mean, the uh, the best thing is if it is working, team. You've got the right players, you've got the right coaches, you've got uh, a winning tie. It's much better. I think we all want that. That's what we're rooting for, and I'd hoped it had worked for all of them in the past. And now Luke Walton goes on another list of now X. Kings coaches Gentry gets the nod now and you know as much as um, I talked in the last segment about where's the players feel what do they feel like I didn't like how De'Aaron Fox kind of was just so nonchalant the other night about and I'm not saying players have to um, because the reality of a lot of this is it's a it's fans a lot of times media we might get into this far more than the players there's slices of players that this is eat and breathe and everything they do and others it's you know it's a profession they enjoy it they get paid well they enjoy a lot of the perks but um 
you, you kind of have to figure out ways to be – you are going to lose games. I'm not saying you ever want to get comfortable with it, but they look too comfortable to me. And um, you don't want them to go down a road like, oh, well, this is just the way it is. That, that shouldn't be the answer. What can you do differently individually? What can you do differently as a team? I guess Fox uh, spoke to the media this morning and said a couple things uh, like uh, it was a little bit of a surprise, a shock to them that Luke Walton was uh, fired yesterday. But you've got to keep pushing. Now, that part's true. They have to. Whether you love the move or hated the move, the reality is you do have to go uh, forward. He also said he didn't expect a big uh, overhaul and that uh, the biggest emphasis will continue to be defense and rebounding. So um, now it's about tonight, though. It's as much as we can debate right, wrong, or had to be done, didn't, shouldn't have been done. It doesn't even matter. It's been done. So Philly, this is a team that normally, when I saw this schedule, when they were coming after this road trip, it's like, oh, man, now you get Philly. Well, they're not the same team as earlier. They're now 9-8. and eight. They've slid mainly because of Embiid. Joel Embiid's an MVP candidate last year. He was an MVP candidate and still will be one this year. But he's not going to play tonight. And uh, Danny Green is out. You already know that uh, Ben Simmons is, whether or not it's been a distraction for them, it's been a story we, we talk about all the time here. So they've had to go through all that. But it's it's a good team when all the pieces are there. But it's also a team that can still beat you without those key pieces. So this needs to be a situation where now tonight it's everything is about beating Philly and getting back into a direction that this same group of players went 5-4 and four and looked better in those games. And what was it, the first 10 or 11 games? They had the lead in every fourth quarter. So they've had that ability. They've shown they can do that. But how broken are they right now? Between their spirit, between a coaching change, between just the way they're playing. And the other probably most concerning part of all of this is what I was addressing in the last segment about how not standing up to the fight well enough and not the literal fight, but the first time Toronto really took it to them, it turned into just being the what we would say is a game of runs to they ended the game. They took the King's spirit away. They took their fight away, and they just folded. So you can't lose the competitive, the compete level that they talked about or the let go of the rope, all the different coaching phrases. You always have to have the compete level. That should be non-negotiable. They're going to be nice. You shoot poorly. You don't rebound. You turn it over. Whatever. You're off. But if you're always competing, you have a chance. Then it gets down to talent. And we would say there's Kings have talent. There's teams that have more. But if you always have the compete level, I think you got an opportunity. So tonight, that's what they have to do. They've got to find a way to be fully engaged. Uh, the players know if this wasn't their uh, – if they didn't know it already, but some players, maybe this is like uh, Davion Mitchell – you, you play for a college coach that's really rare that they get fired. Certainly at Baylor, that didn't happen with Coach Drew, and they won a championship. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton hasn't been through a coaching change like this. Uh, Barnes has. Fox has. Most of the other players that have been around some time have. But that's the reality, and they now already knew it, and players probably told them that it's a business, but how do you adjust to that? Does it rock their world to the core, or is it, all right, let's go. Let's be even better. I think that's all to be determined now at this point. So we'll see what Gentry does. We'll see what other little tweaks he has. Um, if he likes a player more in the rotation than certainly Luke Walton did. I, I know by a um, his history, he is more animated than Luke. And some people think that's um, more coaching. I would say that's not. You can have a coach that yells every play. 
I, you know, they're not coaching anymore. There's different ways to do it. But um, I would say at times maybe fans wanted more from Luke in that department. I get it. I don't mind that either. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes tonight in Gentry's first opportunity. All right, another break here. We had a short segment there. We'll come back. we got to get into some more of the weekend roundup. Certainly from the NFL as well, the Niners did exactly what they needed to do. Uh, we can go to Jacksonville, take control of the game, and build off of that great win against the Rams. So they're 5-5. Five and five. Got a huge game with the Vikings this weekend. We'll talk about that. Short week for the Raiders. They seem to be falling apart. Losers of three in a row. Now they go to Dallas on Thanksgiving. We'll get into that. More about the Kings. And Deuce will join us at 5. We're back with more right after this on Sports 1140 KHDK. Back here at Sports 1140 KHDK, Jason Ross with you. One hour from now, it's game night. Scott Marsh, the high flyer, Henry Turner, will get you ready for tonight's Kings and Sixers game. We spent a lot of time on the Kings. We're going to do that more. Obviously, it's uh, the uh, the big de- decision to move on from uh, head coach Luke Walton to Alvin Gentry. And just a, a quick story on that. Um, yesterday, had an opportunity to uh, MC and host the Sac State senior banquet for the football team and we also watched the selection show to see what the fate was going to be of the teams in the big sky the hornets included who found out they're going to be a four seed with a bye and uh, potentially could play uc davis again after beating him on saturday in the causeway uh, but it's south dakota state and uc davis first and the winner will get the hornets but i was talking to the hornets coach troy taylor and he we, we talk about the kings quite a bit and he had asked about the saturday night game and did i make it over here in time and so on and so forth and um, just said, yeah, it was another rough night. Kings lost. And, and literally we were talking about Coach Walton, whether or not, um, you know, what was going on. Do you think he was going to you know, still be the coach for, you know, whatever. Just kind of going through that. And literally we finished our conversation. And probably two minutes later I was told by someone else at the banquet that um, it, it was just announced that he was let go. And so I went right back to Coach Taylor and he couldn't believe it. Uh, it's weird. I mean, it, 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 we know what happens. I've said it before. Coaches get hired to get fired. That's not what they want. They want to have a long run and, and end on their terms, but, um, that's it. And I know I enjoyed talking to coach Walton on the weekly uh, show and enjoyed him personally, and he's going to be fine. I mean, he's been let go before he'll be fine, but good guy. And I just hope, uh, Hope the best for him. I just did want to put that out now. Same thing. I hope the best for Alvin Gentry because if he wins, that's a good thing. That means the Kings are winning, and we're happy, and it's more enjoyable, and this fan base needs it, wants it, deserves it. I just hope that all uh, that all can happen. So we're going to get more into the Kings again in this Kings Sixer game. Uh, Dave Deuce Mason will join me at the top of the hour. A couple of things I want to get to, though, from uh, the NBA, some news there. Uh, LeBron James, you saw that incident yesterday? Man with Isaiah Stewart. A um, couple of thoughts on the play. I you know, it, it now we're getting into not even um, semantics or, or even opinion here. I, LeBron James clearly meant to flail his arm out. I don't think he meant to have the outcome happen. Um, they were tangled up. He wanted to extricate his arm, and the way to do it was to kind of swing back. Um, you know, he could have hit him in the chest and the shoulder, missed him. He got him right across the eye, and it was nasty blood and terrible cut. The blood uh, from your head, you know, you bleed more when you get a hit in the head. But, man, for Stewart, he just became unglued. And, you know, I did see a lot of people like, man, LeBron wanted no part of him. I don't blame him. Stewart was 
he was not together. He was going nuts. And um, I understand all sides of this. Today the league has announced a two-game suspension for Stewart and a one-game for LeBron James. The Kings, in fact, will play the Lakers twice coming up here in a few games. Uh, first one will be Friday in L.A. So there's that. Uh, we've been off for a couple of days, and I know Chris was off for a couple of days. So, Chris, where are we right now with, uh, you know, we're constantly following the linear championship. Oh, well, it is my understanding that you didn't announce the new. Uh, no, I did not. Linear was- champions, the uh, Charlotte Hornets, who defeated yes. the Wizards. The Wizards were on a four-game linear championship streak. And so we had a new winner. So we at least have to, don't we have to honor the Hornets? Uh, you said that uh, we'll get back to them. Okay. <laughs> so I didn't have it prepared. That's fine. That's fine. So we've honored them in, in that way, that they were the champs. So then they lost it, correct? They did. They they won their next game. I wish I would have had who they beat, but they won the next game. But on Saturday, they lost to... Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of this contest... Is that Atlanta? The Atlanta Hawks. Yes, okay. you're correct, Jason. Yeah. Okay. I had to think about it. All right. So the Hawks own it. Do we have, we, wait, we have a linear matchup tonight. We do. They're playing the Oklahoma City Thunder. I believe it just started. Okay. I don't know if you have. Do you have something ready for the Thunder already, just in case? So let's say we want to go to the game. It's like, oh, first quarter, Oklahoma City has a lead. Our, our listeners would know that because... <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. They would hear that sound. Used that one. I was glad you used that one. Okay, we're getting our, we're getting our library uh, filled up here. We're getting more and more teams in play now. I like this. We still have not had the Kings in play yet. They've not played for it. It really hasn't been uh, too far out west. There was a time it was, but then, yeah, um, Washington's been hogging it for a while. So now that it's in Atlanta, we'll see. We'll see tonight with the Thunder. And the Atlanta Hawks. A uh, couple other things, too, before we get to the weekend in the NFL. And again, we're going to get back to the Kings. We talked a lot about them and this coaching decision and the, the thought process behind that. A couple of baseball notes, too. Um, congratulations to Buster Posey. As a Buster, we know, is uh, now retiring. But he was named nationally comeback player of the year. Second time he's done that. Looks like the Giants have also working out deals to keep a couple of players here. Uh, Anthony Descalfani. Um, is going to agree to a deal, looks like, for the Giants. Let me see if I can find the uh, final numbers here on what's reported for him. Uh, looks like he and the Giants are in agreement on a three-year, $36 million contract. He's 31. He returns to uh, the Giants where he really had a good season last year. And then the Giants also uh, continuing conversations here, and it looks like they are finalizing a deal with lefty Alex Wood. Uh, contract worth a little bit more than ten million a season, so twenty years or twenty million over a couple of years, um, roughly are the numbers there. So Giants, when you have a great season like that, and you even lose a guy like Buster Posey, you got to keep some of those other key pieces. And pitching was a big part of what they did. Really, it was everything. That's why the Giants were so good last year. Uh, pitching, defense, um, all the way around. They had a really, really good uh, kind of team profile of all the different things they could do and different ways they could beat you. I did mention uh, college this weekend as well. It was fun to check out the Causeway Classic, Sacramento State and UC Davis. Also, Oregon, man, they just got annihilated. There were a lot of Pac-12 routes this week. 
um, in the rivalry games. But Oregon at Utah, Utah just crushed them. Florida, they fired their coach, Dan Mullen. So when we talk to uh, Chris Landry this week and get some college football perspective, we'll have some thoughts on a new top four and some coaching uh, positions that will be open in uh, college football. All right, with all that said, we got to get into the NFL this week. Another wild week of action in the NFL. That's why, to me, it's still so great. Whether, um, you know, you can argue that the NFL is great when there's a team to beat, a number one team that everybody is gunning for or measures themselves against, or it's a team that consistently is good, that people just want to beat, a rivalry team kind of like that. But it's also fun when you have teams that you think are good and then get defeated and get defeated consistently. And we've said this for a while now about the AFC, but who's good? And I told you Friday, watch out for the New England Patriots. Well, the Patriots now all of a sudden have won five in a row, and I don't know how many weeks ago I said, well, Buffalo's fine. They don't have to worry about it. They're going to win the AFC East. Buffalo's not even in first anymore. The New England Patriots have caught them at week 11 at 7-4, and four, and Buffalo is a very disappointing, to me, Six and four. That's the team I picked to win the Super Bowl. And sure, they still can. But right now, who's going to get hot? Who's like the Patriots? Who's going to feel best going into the uh, postseason? Um, so you had Buffalo who was in first. That lost yesterday. Baltimore looked like they were going to lose yesterday, but they found a way to win late with Lamar Jackson being out. Uh, Tennessee had one of the stunners of the weekend when they were taking on Houston. I would say this, I was uh, in one of those survivor pools and lost a week ago. I would have lost yesterday because I would have definitely picked Tennessee over Houston. Um, Kansas City, they had the win over the Charger, or excuse me, over the Cowboys, so they kind of regained their footing there for the top spot in the AFC West. Dallas, who was in first, they lost. Green Bay, they were in first, they lost. Tampa Bay plays tonight. I don't think they'll lose. And then Arizona gets another quality win, just doing more damage on Seattle as they win in Seattle with Colt McCoy. They go to 9-2. and two. Seattle drops to 3-7. and seven. But let's get into the Niners. The 49ers um, needed yesterday's performance. They got it, and I really liked the way they did this one. Now, the Rams game was more impressive to me because, one, quality of opponent, needless to say, but just how they played, how they looked from the get-go. The Niners needed to do this. They were never in jeopardy of losing, but they controlled the game. The first quarter lengthy drive that took almost the whole quarter, 20 plays, wish it would have turned into a touchdown instead of a field goal. And that would be the other criticism, which really this team, even the year they won the Super or got to the Super Bowl, I think has been a little bit of an issue for them is, to me, they score probably five or six times a game. The problem is if that's four field goals and two touchdowns or three field goals and two touchdowns instead of four or five touchdowns or four touchdowns and one field goal. They, they, they settle or get three, which are getting points. But even that example of the first quarter yesterday, time-consuming drive, own the quarter, go right down the field and you get three, where now you're one play away from being down. Even the kickoff, if it's a return for a score, you went, wait, we just controlled the whole first quarter and the kick went the other way, and you're down. It didn't happen that way, but that's the point of of getting touchdowns, staying ahead of the game. This is what the Niners need to do, and they generally do it very, very well, um, but did enough yesterday. Let's hear from uh, Jimmy G first and foremost, talking about really 
what these last two weeks have done for the 49ers. You know, these past 14 days, have, I don't want to say changed our team, but it's definitely uh, we're moving in the right direction now, I'll say. And so we just got to keep going. It's, uh, you know, there's a lot of football left to be played. Minnesota's going to be a good challenge for us this week coming up, and we got to get ready for them. And I will give credit to the team here because you can really see how if we, we got to go backwards here, and it's hard to put yourself in the emotional place of a team or the way a team is playing is you know two weeks, three weeks, four weeks later, because you can just look at a score or see how and look at a win loss record or a streak, but you need to be in the emotion part of it. And if you can remember that, if you can tap into your feelings of the Forty ers at home on uh, what would that have been November seventh, and they had the Cardinals, and during the week it was looking like. Kyler Murray wasn't going to play. And then it was confirmed that Kyler Murray wasn't going to play. It was looking like DeAndre Hopkins wasn't going to play. And then it was confirmed that he wasn't going to play. So you're at home in a game you need to get. Um, You had just kind of found a way to win in Chicago, but prior to that had lost to the Seahawks, had lost to the Cardinals the first time, had lost to the Colts. And you needed a win. And you're thinking, okay, their quarterback is out. Their MVP candidate is out. This is a great opportunity for us. And you got worked. So not looking just at the score or the layout there of all those losses out of four games, three of four, but it's losing 31-17 to at home at that time to the Cardinals without their quarterback, and you're 3-5. and five. Cardinals go to 8-1. and one. It do, It's starting to look like, well, I, I guess this isn't a playoff team. Is Kyle Shanahan going to make it? Um when, did, when is it Trey Lance time? Jimmy G's got to go. Like all those things start to come out. And then just the emotion of the way they played, the way they looked. They didn't have a chance to win the game. So trying to capture all those emotions of just feeling so down on the team, to their credit, they come back and looked great on Monday night and beat the Rams. And that's to what Jimmy G saying in the past 14 days has done a world of good for them. They've redirected the season. They've won two in a row. They've set themselves up now for a really big game and a fun game out of nowhere, really, with the Vikings. And probably a confidence-flipping. I mean, we look at the the Patriots that have won all these games in a row, and they look like a different team. Confidence in the NFL can swing and swing quickly. And as we said earlier, and first things first, when you look at the last two seasons, during the middle of the year last year, Tampa Bay was okay. They were fine. Then they won out. They got hot and figured it out and went all the way through and won the postseason and won the Super Bowl. Two years ago, we knew Kansas City was good, but they were kind of uh, working their way through things. And then, bang, they got crazy hot, and they won the Super Bowl. That was The year the Niners were good all year long, but Kansas City was getting better and better. You want to be your best at the end, and this isn't the end of the season. There's still a lot to go, but it's nice that the Niners changed things, changed their field, changed their outlook, and a belief. And so now it's less of, hey, can you win? Can this group win? Yes. And they didn't have, I think, in a very important piece yesterday, Elijah Mitchell. He's a big part of what they want to do running games. So how else can you do it? What can Kyle draw up? He used Debo Samuel more as a runner, which has been proven to be good. And spot carries, eight carries for 79 yards and a touchdown. Went with Wilson as more of the runner, Twenty the workload, right? Almost 20 carries. Uh, Sermon ran, I think, half half of those as well. So 42 rushing attempts, 171 yards. That's the Niners' DNA. 
It's what they've got to do. Play ahead, get the lead, run the ball, take the will out of the opponent. That's what they did. They really did a good job of that. All right, let's hear more from uh, Jimmy G. Um, kind of shares a little bit more on this team. This one felt different than last week. It was uh, more of a grinder-type drive. You know, last week was just running down their throat type of thing. This week was a little different. But, uh, yeah, like George was saying before, I wish we would have finished with a touchdown, but it is what it is. Yeah, talking about that opening drive. I mean, yeah, you still take the points. I mean, the worst thing would have been do all that and turn it over or get stopped short or miss the field goal. But I, I just, you know, when you can do that to a team 20 plays – Last week, all those long, time-consuming drives and just keeping the Rams' high-profile offense off the field and a defense that thinks it's pretty good, and you're just you're, you're deflating them. And when you can power a team like that, it's just awesome. It's just an awesome way to do things, and the 49ers were able to do that for two consecutive weeks and in two different types of opponents, and that's what's encouraging. Now, as quickly as it's flipped to a good side – it can also turn, but I think this is set up for a, a really good matchup with Minnesota, both 5-5, five and five, Minnesota offensively. Now, Minnesota, I think a lot has been said over the years about the Chargers playing exciting games. Man, Minnesota every week is in some sort of last-minute, um, frenetic, crazy situation, and yesterday was the same. I mean, that Packers-Vikings game was great. Um, when Minnesota got the late score with just over two minutes to go, goes for two, goes up seven, we all were thinking the same thing. Man, they left too much time for Aaron Rodgers. Then one play, 75-yard touchdown. Uh, but then I thought the Vikings played that last two minutes perfectly. Perfectly. Because the last thing you – I mean, you want a touchdown to end the game. But in that situation, they said, look, we are going to end the game with the football. We're either missing a field goal and going to overtime or we're walking off with a win. And that's what they did. Don't give Aaron Rodgers the ball back. Don't. You can't. If it's two seconds, if it's 30 seconds, just don't do it. And they got it to where they had enough first downs, got into the deep field goal range. The Packers were out of timeouts. So now the Vikings could dictate the terms of that game, and they did it perfectly, absolutely perfectly, and got the win yesterday, 34-31. So, again, I think this sets up a fun matchup. The Vikings have a lot of different things going. To me, when Cousins is effective, like yesterday, where he didn't turn it over, uh, at least interception-wise, through three touchdowns, Jefferson's going to be a problem. Thielen, those two receivers – are really good, and they got the balance. I mean, Dalvin Cook. I, it feels like if Minnesota can defend, that's a good. They're they're better than five and five to me, but they've got a flaw in defense. So um, this game gets back to what the nine. What do they need to do? Control the line of scrimmage, run the ball effectively, limit mistakes. The Niners did they even? I think they only had a couple penalties yesterday, maybe one, and no turnovers. That was great, absolutely great. So. Uh, they got to keep that up, and we'll see what they can do uh, this week against Minnesota. All right, now we're going to transition into the Raiders. Now they're going the other way. This team, uh, where they were at one point, we're feeling really good. I was, especially everything they had overcome. With the John Gruden news, uh, with the Ruggs news, um, just Arnett, everything else that had gone on with that team, making their way through that, and when they had defeated you know, some of these uh, impressive games, I should say, when they had won these last couple of games prior to this losing streak where they got through the um, Broncos and the Eagles and they had a bye and then they're going into the Giants. I thought, okay, they're, they're already in first. They can get even more separation while these other teams try to figure it out. Instead, they lose to the Giants, get worked in the fourth quarter against the Chiefs. And then yesterday, again, very similar where it's kind of just 
plodding along through the game. No one's standing out. And then the Raiders just fizzled in the latter part of the third and the entire fourth. Bengals win it 32-13. Let's first hear from the Bengals side of things. Uh, Zach Taylor uh, kind of talks. What's that, Chris? Oh, okay, we're going to hang on a second here. We'll, we'll hear from Zach Taylor in a moment. Uh, we're also going to hear from Coach Basaccia and Derek Carr. But this team um, is sliding. Is, we don't talk a lot about is, big picture of the season, what games we have coming up. But, okay. but the Raiders uh, are a great example Zach Taylor. of a team that's right there with us, 5-4. and four. We're going to play a lot of teams similar to the Raiders. Same, same record. They're, they're all shooting for the same things. And as long as we take care of our business one week at a time, and uh, our guys understood that message, and, and uh, we'll keep moving it forward from week to week. Pittsburgh's no different. Okay, that was uh, Cincinnati's perspective, kind of the way this is looking. Now let's go back to the Raiders' side of things here. So the Raiders lose. Let's hear from their coach, uh, Basaccia. We all have to look at ourselves a little bit. We have a game coming up right away, you know, and so we're going to start early tomorrow. We've gotten ahead. We've worked on Fridays and nights and those kind of things to try to get us a plan for what's ahead for us on on, uh, Thanksgiving. So it's no one person. We, we, We all have to dig in. Yep, quick turnaround. Playing Thursday is never easy in the league. Thanksgiving, that's generally big day for the Lions, big day for the Cowboys. But having to go to Dallas will not be easy, especially Dallas coming off a loss. Uh, Amari Cooper, the ex-Raider, it will be out. Um, we know C.D. Lamb had the concussion. So Raiders could be seeing a little bit less of their regular personnel. But even with all that said, uh, it's about the Raiders right now. What's what's wrong? What's missing? Where's the offense? Kind of back to what I said with the Kings. What do you do well? For me, the Raiders, it's Carr. It's the offense. They're not a running team. But they should be able to get down the field and, and get much more effective passing-wise. And that was one area I thought the Raiders would really shine this week. Cincinnati had been giving up some big passing games. They gave it up when they lost to the Jets and Mike White, who'd thrown for over 400 yards against them. And Carr did not have that kind of day. And the offense did not have that kind of day. Uh, speaking of Carr, um, here he is being asked about uh, about the team right now. You, you said in the last two weeks you thought this was different, that you were better in terms of a team, more talent, yeah. that it would not go this way. Yeah, you I still st- feel that way. I still feel that way. It's that's why it's a little frustrating, um, but um, I just I just got to be better for us. Well, and he's putting it on him. And quarterbacks, you know, they take a lot of heat, take a lot of the problem. I think when they're good, though, he's great. But he was not great yesterday. He was fine, just fine. But they can't have Derek Carr be fine unless they have a great running game, which doesn't happen. They don't. That's not really been what's going on with them. And so he's got to keep working at it. He will keep working at it. And let's hear him talk about um, kind of where this team is as far as being in sync right now. Well, we came out flat. It was terrible. Um, there's no beating around it. I mean, it's just the um, last couple of weeks we just take turns, you know, and uh, just really out of sync right now. And it's not it, – no one's coming to save us, so we better figure it out. Yep, that's it. And even if you don't figure it out by Thursday against the Cowboys, that would put them below 500 for the first time this year. You got Washington after that, the Chiefs again, the Browns. I mean, the Raiders are looking at some missed opportunities here. I thought they could get the Bengals at home, the Giants a couple weeks ago. Uh, missing those two games has, has flipped a season to where you're 5-5, five and five, still in the mix. But are you trusting that that's going to be a team that will be in the top seven? Right now, currently, uh, the seventh spot belongs to Buffalo at 6-4. and four. I think they're better than the Raiders. Cincinnati also is in that like five, six, seven, all at six and four, but you missed that opportunity by being there and having them beat you. So that's a tiebreaker you've lost. Uh, Kansas City is now seven and four, so they're getting farther away from you. And more people would believe now that they figured it out that they're going to keep going. 
um, Tennessee, Baltimore, New England all above you. Uh, Chargers, you get another chance at them. That was a wild game they had last night. So it's going to be tough for the Raiders to get in. Technically, at 5-5, five and five, they are in the 11th spot right now, and 7 get in. So there's that whole group of teams between Cincinnati, the Chargers, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, Cleveland, the Raiders, and the Broncos all there at 5-5. Five and five. You feel like Miami, Houston, Jacksonville, and the Jets won't be able to make it. But that's now talking about, man, we're talking about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams for two spots. A little different than what the NFC is looking like. So missed opportunity again for the Raiders. They'll have the short week and the game Thursday, which you'll be able to hear right here on KHTK on your uh, Thanksgiving feast of a day. So uh, we'll do that. All right, we've covered the NFL. We uh, had some more uh, baseball news there, the NBA, but we got to jump back into the Kings. We spent a lot of time on them already on the show. When we come back, Deuce will join me. We'll get Deuce's thoughts on what's going on right now with Sacramento. They get Philly tonight. Uh, The Alvin Gentry era starts. We'll talk about that when we come back here on Sports 1140 KHDK.